Hey guys, back again with um, Ungifted by Gordon Corman. We're reading chapter nine this time. It's called Unfailing, and this one is from Noah Euclid. These were my math test results for the semester so far. Zero out of 20, one out of 15, four out of 35, and incomplete. This was my math grade on my progress report. A+. Plus. I explained to Ms. Bevilacqua that my score was actually 4.52%, a solid F- minus on any reasonable scale. She just laughed and changed the A+, to A++. Then she wrote in the comments section, computes averages without aid of calculator. How unfair was that? I found a clip on YouTube called Failing Math, but when I watched it, it was completely unhelpful. They didn't teach you how to fail math. They taught you how to pass. I expected more from YouTube, which usually had great stuff like wrestling videos, oranges that talk, and people putting out oil well fires. There was another video called Failing Schools, but it turned out just to be this news story about how our education system isn't any good. I could have told them that, and not for the reasons they gave. The problem with our education system is, if you score one little 206 on one little IQ test, everybody goes nuts about it. You have to go to a special school, only they call it an academy, which really just means the same thing. And then the pressure starts. Do better. Reach for the stars. Live up to your potential. Go all out. Strive. Achieve. Why? You've been blessed with an incredible gift and you're wasting it, Oz was constantly telling me. You should be getting 100% on everything. He wanted me to admit that I got a 4 out of 35 on purpose, that I could have gotten 35 out of 35 without breaking a sweat. That was missing the point entirely. To me, this stuff was all so easy that 4 out of 35 and 35 out of 35 were really the same thing. It was like kicking puff balls of dandelion seeds as you walk across an open field. You could get them all, but why would you? It just didn't matter. Abigail thought I was crazy. I disagreed. And if I was as smart as the IQ test said I was, which one of us was right? I never asked to be right about everything. It just happened that way. When you have the answers before anybody asks the questions, nothing is very surprising, whether you're in the gifted program or not. You might as well go to the regular school around the corner from your house. I wanted that so much. The students who went to that school laughed a lot. And even when they weren't in the act of laughing, they seemed unpressured. I could hear it in the snippets of conversation as I waited for my bus to the academy. I don't care. Who cares? I couldn't care less. Ask me if I care. Like I care. <clears throat> and everybody said they were less intelligent than us. But I thought those kids were really on to something. At the academy, people cared too much, which is why I laugh, we laugh so little. And unpressured was the last word you would use to describe us. So why couldn't I convince my parents to let me transfer? Was that argument beyond even my intellect? Did it require an IQ of 207 or better? I was failing at failing. The teachers were on to me. They'd never let it happen. There was a conundrum here. A, only sheer genius could get out of the get me out of the academy. B, anyone showing sheer genius is sent to the academy. <clears throat> I used to spend many hours pondering this back in the days when I had many hours to spend pondering. That all changed when Donovan Curtis told me about YouTube. 
This was an important revelation for me, because almost everything on YouTube is surprising. I'll never forget when Donovan showed me how to use it. He clicked on a video, and for 11 magical seconds, we watched a Cocker Spaniel drinking out of a toilet. In those 11 seconds, my world was transformed. What I had just seen could not have been predicted by anyone, regardless of IQ. It was astonishingly simple and utterly random, the brain hiccup of a collective mind seven billion people strong. I had been looking for something like this my whole life, and I was infinitely grateful to Donovan for opening that door for me. I almost forgave him for bringing in his sister and spoiling the only chance I might ever have to flunk. The word had just come in from the State Department of Education that studying Katie Patterson's pregnancy officially counted as real-life experience in human growth and development. You should have seen the celebration when Oz made the announcement in the robotics lab. Everyone mobbed Donovan, slapping him on the back and cheering, all except Abigail. She actually wept at the news that she wouldn't have to go to summer school. It was a little confusing. She took classes all summer anyway, so wasn't that summer school too? What was the difference between summer school she went to on purpose and the summer school she'd do anything to avoid? Speaking of confusing, there was Donovan himself. He clearly didn't belong at the academy. I knew that after his first 20 minutes in the lab. What was he doing here? I had no idea, and that alone was considerably awesome. There were very few things that I had no idea about. The fact that one of them had landed a few seats away from me in homeroom was wonderful in itself. Donovan was like a human YouTube video. Unpredictable. We could have worked on Tin Man for years, incorporating every refinement allowed by technology, but none of us could have envisioned that the greatest improvement of all would be simply in the way you drove it. Yet when Donovan took over the joystick, the answer was right there for all of us to see. It also made excellent YouTube footage. Google, Tin Man Metallica Squarepants exposes teacher's underwear, and the clip should come up. It already had more than a thousand views, making it my greatest hit so far. Picture this. Ms. Bevilacqua was covering for Oz in the lab, and one fork of the robot's lift mechanism got under her skirt. By the time she noticed it, her hem was up around her ears, and everybody was staring at her underpants, which were bright yellow with a pattern of Cartesian geometry. Ms. Bevilacqua didn't accept Donovan's apology. You'd think a math teacher who wore Cartesian geometry underwear would have had a better sense of humor. But she was really mad. Her face looked like she was being tasered, or at least how those people look in YouTube videos. We were just getting calmed down after that brouhaha when Chloe pounded into the lab, gasping from an all-out sprint. You won't believe it, she panted. They still haven't fixed the Hardcastle gym, so they're moving the Valentine's dance here. Donovan looked uncomfortable. What do we care about another school's party? Don't you get it, Chloe crowed? It's on our turf, so we're all invited. I've been in a gifted program since I was eight, and you know how many dances we've had? Try zero. Except for the dance of the electrons, I reminded her. My sixth grade science project. Abigail did not share Chloe's enthusiasm. I can't think of a single thing that interests me less than a school dance. Chloe stared at her. But you're going, right? Not even at gunpoint. Chloe was devastated. But you have to. We may never get the chance to go to another one. Abigail was adamant. That suits me just fine. You're a scientist, Ms. Bevilacqua challenged her. How can you arrive at a conclusion without any data to back it up? Chloe jumped on the bandwagon. 
Look at this as an experiment, a social experiment, right, Donovan? Donovan shrugged. Don't ask me. I never go to dances. Well, you're going to this one, announced Oz, striding into the room. I'm making it a class assignment. Abigail was horrified. Oz, you can't make us go to an after-school event. No, the teacher agreed, but I can assign everybody to write an essay about it, and if you haven't been there, you'll have to take a zero. I'll take a zero, I volunteered readily. You couldn't get a zero if you handed in a blank page, Abigail said in a resentful tone. She was tight-lipped, but I had a feeling she'd be there. I'd kill for a bad grade. She'd kill to avoid one. Oz panned the room, making eye contact with each student. This is a good idea, people. We're all so focused on our specialties that we tend to miss out on ordinary experiences. Having fun is part of an education, too, you know. I don't have time to go to a dance, I complained. In the three hours it would take me to get there, be there, and get home, I could watch between 70 and 100 YouTube videos, depending on the duration of each, of course. There's more to life than YouTube, Noah, chided Chloe. That's where you're wrong, I retorted. YouTube is life, only better. The entirety of human experience is on that little screen. Last night, I watched a modern-day clash of gladiators in bathing suits battling in and out of a rope square, jumping off tables and hitting each other with chairs. It's called professional wrestling, Noah, Donovan announced, and it's all fake. I saw blood. I respected Donovan, but he didn't know everything. If my mother hadn't pulled the plug on my computer, I could have watched a steel cage match. Oz put an end to the discussion. It's settled. We'll all be there. And there's extra credit in it for anybody who can relax enough to have a good time. Will you be going, I asked Donovan as we headed back to our seats. I never went to Hardcastle dances when I was a Hardcastle student, he told me. Why should I start now? Oz overheard us. Extra credit, Donovan he said enticingly, dangling the prospect like a fisherman dangles bait. So you'll be there, I persisted. What do you care, Donovan snapped, suddenly angry. You shouldn't even be going. You don't need extra credit. You've got more points than you know what to do with. I wish I could give you, give you some of mine, I told him honestly, but I don't think it works that way. He stared at me for a moment and then sighed. See you at the dance. <laughs>